So AJ, how's your day been? My day's been fantastic. It was it was even better when we got off to a fantastic start with this podcast, <laughs> and then we had we had some uh, we had some heavy lag. George's end, so we've had to, to restart. But yeah, my, my day's been good to sort of recap. I've uh, had a, we were talking about check ins and the fact that we do busier days, quieter days. And uh, today's been a busier day for, for both myself and George. And I find like definitely at this stage in, in a lot of people's journeys in this year, especially. Um, we're coming to the start of preps. We're also coming to a little bit of a green light on, on getting an idea as to when the gyms are going to reopen. So it is coaching is getting a little bit more uh, fun again. I know it's never not fun, but the fun definitely gets stripped out of it slightly when you are just programming home workouts and you turn from what is a coach to like, I find I drain a lot of my energy trying to motivate people. Do you agree with that? Hundred percent. I it's difficult because I don't know about you, mate, but when it comes to motivation, like I just do it. Like it's just become a part of my life now that I do it, and I don't question motivation. It's just a part of my day. So for people that struggle with that side of things, I sometimes really, I really struggle to answer. Actually, as bad as it sounds, because I don't need motivation to do what I do. It's just a part of my daily thing, and I just do it. Like whatever time I train, I just do it regardless. Like I think. Yeah, you, you must admit, you know, when it gets on later on in the day, you're thinking, oh, I don't really want to train as much now to an extent. But you still get it done. You just go because it's a part of the routine. It's a part of your day. So, yeah, mate, I, I do struggle when I when that comes up in the check-ins and people tell me I'm struggling with motivation. What do I do? And I'm just like, just make it part of your routine. You know, just spend more time doing day in, day out the same sort of stuff. And then it becomes a habit. And then, you know, you just need to do it. You don't have to worry that about that, but it's a lot easier said than done, isn't it, when it comes to that side of things? Mm. Absolutely. I think, I think to be honest, like now that we've got a little bit more of an understanding as to when gyms are actually going to reopen, mm. people should be able to have that finish line aspect of, of, of what we're working with now. Um, I also think that a lot of people right now are struggling from the perspective of, they're they're not that motivated so they're riding on discipline um but as a as a byproduct of riding on discipline they view training as getting it done rather than enjoying it so they view it as a task they view it as a as a chore as a box to tick off Mm. and that's a problem in my opinion because as soon as you start to view training as a chore or view, view training as a task the you like even when you go back to the gym like that that mindset switch that you've had to change it from something that you really look forward to to now you're like viewing it as a, as a sort of like a box in your diary just like tick mm. you know or get it out of the way kind of thing and and that's like that's the mindset i'm trying to avoid my clients going into is feeling like they're having to sort of drag themselves through sessions so um, and we talked about it actually a little bit in the, the, the first intro that we did about how, you know, it's a struggle not to create like a new training program or something like that every time. And the reality is you're not going to be able to do that. But there are instances where maybe you, you get a check in and, you know, a client's like dead on motivation and you just chuck in something like, I don't know, a new intensity method. So you might, you know, you might, they might be doing squats. For example, I've done this with quite a few clients recently. They're just doing squats 
one week they'll like they'll be struggling to progress a squat pattern and they're, they're the type of individual that does need a little bit of something new to try and motivate them so i'll just chuck in like 1.5 rep squats where you come to the bottom you go up to the middle you go back down to the bottom and all the way to the top you've done them before right i think i put them in a program of yours um and uh and then they'll they'll come back and be like oh i love the 1.5 rep squats and like last week they hated squats and now they kind of like them again because it's just something new um which i get you know and you know i i sit here all honestly like i've got access to a training facility i've got access to to, to a gym you know it's not my normal gym but it's it's a gym and yeah. i sit here and I, I know how hard it is for for the clients that are operating on very limited equipment i can put myself in their shoes um so i don't want people to think that i'm just you know um, I'm living life as normal and, you know, not really having any, any empathy for those clients because you have to, I think you have to understand, you have to have that empathy. And, you know, I went through like the first lockdown. I was for a long time before I invested in more kit, I was training with a barbell for at least four or five weeks before I got the more kit, got a rack, got the leg press, got the hack squat. Um, so yeah, if only I had a garage, I'd have just kept all of that. And I probably would have ended just training in the garage during this lockdown, to be honest, because my training situation has been a massive, <laughs> as much as it's been blessed, it's been a massive ball ache, to be honest, mate. You want to explain that? Yeah, I can, can explain it. So I'm not going to say obviously where, but it's the travel. Like I'm traveling like, so I have to wake up at 5 to 5.30, I have to work all the way until I eat my pre-workout meal and I'm eating the only meal that I get to eat away from my desk is meal one. I know this sounds like a third world problem, but still the only meal that I eat away from my desk and I like, have any chill time is meal one. The rest I'm eating whilst like watching check-ins yeah. and then to deliver good feedback, I have to nail all of that up until I train, eat my pre-workout meal and I'm straight off to the gym. And like some days, mate, my digestion is just fucked because I'm just rushing, you know, when you rush and you just don't have your normal like routine, like your waiting periods and your like, nice sit down with a meal, your digestion just starts to scream at you. So yeah. it's, it's, it's part of my digestion a little bit. Um, and the travel's obviously significant. I mean, it's fine because I get to listen to podcasts and stuff and I'm still nailing it. Like I, I think if anything, I realized that maybe when I was training um, in Rotherham, maybe I was wasting a lot of time, you know, because I used to spend hours and hours in the gym, sit there, you know, write out your logbook. You know, yeah, it's nice to chat with friends and stuff. I definitely think I will still do that. But I think arguably I could get my training done more efficiently, could maybe work with a bit more clients um, and just have more time. But yeah, so the travel and the routine element of things is just throwing things off for me a lot. Um, and then the certain piece of equipment that, you know, like I've not been able to do any dumbbell work for a while now because the dumbbells are just, you know, they're just, I can't, I can't press with them. They're just not, they're just, you know, you know, when you just handle a pair of dumbbells and you're like, no, these are just not going to work. They're those kind of dumbbells. Yeah. Um, dumbbells, which basically feel like you're going to get injured rather than train a muscle group. Um, so I've been sticking to more barbell work, which is fine, but then you get niggles and injuries and joint issues. Basically, I'm, I'm blessed in a lot of ways, but there is not, it's not straightforward for anyone, regardless of the situation you're in. You know, even people that own gyms, you know, so for example, Coop, you should think he's just training in the gym, 
chilled, nice. No, he's not. You know, he's got stresses left, right, and center about loads of people, like the council, the fucking Nutrifast thing, left, right, center, stresses. You know, that's not handy for a for a pro bodybuilder that their ultimate goal is more muscle. That amount of, of cataclysmic stress is just not not ideal whatsoever. Um, so it's it's a very hard time for for everyone, regardless of the situation you're in. I must admit, I have learned that I could probably be more efficient with my time because like everything with me at the moment is perfect, like in terms of the training, like I can still train exactly like I did before. Mm. Like we've got new kit at the gym as well that no one else has been trying other than me. You know, I'm the first person. They got the Panata um, side lateral raise machine, but it's like a side delt, rear delt, and it's like a pec fly one. It's very, it's very good. Um, first time using that was really nice. And um, they got the Panata like pin loaded leg press as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which is really good. Um, and I've been, been able to use it. But one thing I've lack um, annoyingly is just how much time I spend in the gym. So I'm used to being two hours at least on, on most sessions, like I said, but I've been having to do it in maybe in like an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes, which isn't a problem, but I've actually started to realize that I can, instead of me sitting around in the gym, you know, between rest periods, which I obviously will continue doing, you know, I could be a little bit more efficient. I can still get quality sessions done in 90 minutes to an hour and 45 minutes. I can still get it done. It's not ideal, but I can still do some productive work. And for me, sometimes I've spent, you know, three hours in the gym and I really think, do I need to spend spending three hours a day training? Uh, I, I really don't. I can get it done in at least two. So, yeah, just being more efficient with my time. Um, luckily for me, I need to travel 10 minutes from where I'm from to train. So it's fucking, it's great. It really yeah. is. Um, so I'm not complaining about that at all. Uh, but yeah, the, the time of things is very minor. Um, but I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm just reminding myself to take fuller fucking advantage because there are so many people that tell me, oh, I'd love to be in your position, this and that. And I'm thinking... Shit, yeah. Because I and then I think about what I did, and you probably think about training at home again and just having to set up. And I think, fuck that. Especially at the beginning of this year, where it's like minus two, minus three in the garage. I couldn't right. think of anything worse. I really couldn't. Um, Some, something would go wrong every session. Like every session, something would go wrong. Um, something would break. Something would fall apart. Yeah. And um, one note on that timing thing is I heard Matt Johnson talk on a podcast that recently. He said. He stopped like recently before his injury as well. He stopped sort of glorifying the training window so much um, and like focusing so much energy around it. And instead just like going into the session a little bit more naturally, which I think is, is important. I think a lot of people overthink their training. Like they sit down with their logbook, they think about their numbers, they imagine the set and like, yeah, okay, cool. You need to do some of that. You need to do some of the visualization, but I think when you're overthinking, you overanalyze, you, you can actually just start to take away some of the enjoyment of being in there, being in the gym, being in that environment and just, you know, loving training for what it is. Um, but yeah, so other than that, things are good. We've got a fantastic guest with us today. Um, so have you got any um, anything to say, any thoughts? What, you, what, what was your first opinion when you saw uh, David take, take to the scene? I was just like, this is Kai Green. This is mm. Kai Green, as everyone likes to say. Um, I just look and I just think, fucking hell, just muscle bellies, just proportions, just weight, everything is just 
just just just the look and I was like yeah this is you know a bodybuilder which has fantastic potential um so yeah I definitely got a few questions I've never I've, we've never spoke well we have spoken on Instagram but I've never spoken in person so it'll be good to kind of get more background um because obviously we with these podcasts we've kind of stirred away from you know people talking about their backgrounds a little bit but with this one we want to go into the background yes uh, we do yes he's we we yeah. in you good man i'm good i'm good how are you was we're brilliant thank you very much mate thank you massively for joining us oh, we're really great. excited we're really excited for this one for sure man so how's how's your day been so far yeah, it's been good. It's just been a it's been a rest day. So honestly, it was a good opportunity just to focus on my work. Uni, uh, got essays to do, so just really had to stay structured with that. So the routine's the same, but it's good. The hair's looking long as well. Oh, the hair's just getting out of hand, bro. It's getting you're, out going, of you're going for the Brion look. <laughs> <laughs> need to get a fresh trim like George. I see him getting a trim. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I need mine. I, I, I personally got to keep the, the haircuts in because as soon as this side grows out, the rest yeah. of my body just goes and I don't look after myself until I get a haircut. I just got to, I got to do it. My mental health just goes down the drain. It's crazy what a haircut can do. <laughs> so Mr. Fulburn, our last guest got, uh, got his trim. He literally like dropped about 20 years in a day. <laughs> <laughs> you look awesome. I, I literally had to post a, a throwback on Instagram the other day just to remember what I looked like because <laughs> this is ridiculous. But yeah. So David, I wanted to first of all, like go, we'll go into it. We definitely want to know a little bit more about your training background, how you got into bodybuilding for sure. But like whilst you're on the topic of like the here and now, I think it's actually, it would be pretty cool to, to go into a little bit of detail as to actually what, what's happening with yourself, like in this moment here. So talk a little bit more about, about your studies and, and what's going on outside of bodybuilding. Yeah, for sure. So I'm currently in my second year of uni, so over four, well, second year, over four year course. Okay. Um, I'm studying international business and entrepreneurship. So that's kind of like taking up a lot of my time. Um, apart from that, like, We've been in lockdown since, you know, uh, no, sorry, I'm in my third year. The second year, I'm third year. I got one more. <laughs> I got one more year You're to in go. some year of uni. <laughs> <laughs> I got one more year to go. So 2022, I finished. Yeah. Um, and that's honestly, uni's kind of taking up my life at the moment. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's me really, honestly. Oh. And, and with that, do you, do you plan to take your degree and go directly into work within that degree? Or no, okay. So you're like most university students. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It was uh, even when I started going to uni. It was uh, I kind of went to uni to. I say this to everyone to kind of like buy time, okay. um, and it's interesting I say that because although I still want to work hard and I still am working hard at the the degree itself, it was like, and I advise no one who's listening to do what I just said. <laughs> Don't go uni to buy time because that's terrible. No. But, um, is because I was always good at business and to learn business anyway would have been cool. Um, and then just develop a passion and see what uni would take me, what kind of routes it would take me in. Uh, because yeah, still just, just, just on that note, when it comes to uni, cause I've, I graduated from uni nearly three years ago this year. Yeah. Um, with my, I, I did fitness management and personal training. Um, and I remember beforehand, they were offering like, this is what you're going to do on the course. This is the opportunity you're going to get this and that. Obviously, yes, you've been at uni during a pandemic. So it's been a little bit different. But 
with like university, has it, has it opened your eyes up to say like, okay, like for me, I was in a position where I still, regardless of whether I enjoyed it or not, I got it done. Um, you know, I still graduated and got a decent qualification, but it wasn't what I wanted to do at the end. And just by being on that course made me realize that isn't what I want to do. With your side of things, have you came to that sort of conclusion? Like, okay, university isn't something or what you are learning about wasn't what you kind of expected or what they promised potentially when you first went to like open evenings and stuff like that? Uh, I mean, I was always gonna go down the route of business anyway. Um, mm. So learning business, you know, I did an A-levels and, you know, I'm kind of like business oriented because of my family. They're, they're very much into business. They're both um, um, owners of their own business. So it's like, okay, cool. Let me just go learn what it is that they, they're, they're doing or living out. And, and so no one really came to me with any sort of promise as to what business will do for me. Um, mm. It was, you know, just kind of like the next step for me um, just to go, what I wanted to do was just go and gain some knowledge and that was it. And so that's why I went to, went to uni and the, uni very good it's you know it's I find the course very interesting but I think more so why or, or what I would say to someone why I pay nine grand a year is more so for the discipline legit like uni's teaching me so much in terms of like the discipline and like, it couples very nicely with bodyboarding as well um so that's why you know I some someone might pay nine grand for like a, a law degree which they need to go down the route of becoming a, a barrister and stuff like that but me I think I'm paying <laughs> paying a hefty nine grand a year for, for just the discipline aspect of it and it, it's paying off and I hope you know I'll be able to take what I've learned in uni which may not just necessarily be the knowledge of the course but the knowledge about myself within the course and apply it in you know whether I go run a business whether I, I go into bodybuilding further and stuff like that so and at the end of the day, you have to grow up. You have yeah, to yeah. grow up. Like, that's one thing. I was spending, obviously, nine, I think it's like £9,250 now, something like that, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it actually made me, okay, I need to actually be a bit more wiser with what I do in life, like having sure. to be more of an adult, you know, as I'm paying bills, that sure. sort of stuff. So it does, for me, staying in uni actually taught me a lot in terms of actually when I was 18, growing up and having to, look after myself because I studied down in Southampton and I live in Luton so that was you know a fair trek away I couldn't go home every single day yeah. so you got to start you know um it's just that really got, sort of started my adulthood if that makes sense so I feel like I'm above a lot of people just by doing that because I've learned how to pay my bills set up all this setting up basic things like when you're 18 you wouldn't expect to be doing so mm-hmm. um yeah the discipline side of things I can totally relate to as well sure. um yeah, hundred percent. But with um, with university, so how in terms of bodybuilding now? Because obviously, a lot of people that follow us are, are student based. Yeah. You might have got a question about like you know how do you balance bodybuilding and studying and stuff like that. So, how, is there any sort of protocols that you do in terms of like I study first and I train, or is it a case of where you fit your training inside, or how do you how do you work around with obviously university? Okay, so in my first year, I was actually staying on campus. Um, so it was, it was all right for me to, to fit um, the gym in as and when around my lectures. And then I in my second year, I started commuting. So I'd be getting up at, bear in mind, my, my uni's in South End. So I'll be getting up at 6am, three hour journey to, to South End, just by train every single day. And so I would go have my lecture at nine o'clock, 
and then go to the gym. I'd probably stay in Southend from about 4pm to about 6.30, have my meals there and then come back down and, and, and ha- just do it like this. I'd have to fit and I'd have to fit gym in some way. And, and there was obviously a gym near my, near my uni, which was awesome. Um, and so I was literally just had, uh, study came first. You know, I, I was paying, I was paying a lot of money and um I'd always make sure that because the study came first, it didn't. I didn't have to neglect my training. I could bring. I'd bring a gym bag with me, and I'd take it on the train, and I'd go. Tra- I'd go do that, and then come back. I'd bring my meals with me. You know, I'd do all these kind of things, and not because I had any desire to even compete at the time, just because I was just used to it. Um, used to training by that point. I was used to just okay. Yeah, we got training at six p.m. and that kind of thing. So I was just yeah. So for people, I'd say. Um, just make it a part of your day and obviously what you're paying to do comes first but secondly training is like a healthy lifestyle I guess so you might want to just put it in your day at some point um, that's what I'd think but yeah for sure 100% see I did the complete opposite I made bodybuilding more priority than the actual course itself <laughs> oh do you know what let me not even lie like my first year was like that like I'll be honest my first year was was <laughs> a different representation of me now let's just say that but first year was was interesting because um like bodybuilding was it I was I was training twice a day um and when you're training twice a day and you're very new to the sport as well it's like food wise everyone when they start to bodybuilding as well they just go low carb so you can imagine me low carb training two two times a day and my recovery was just non-existent I was in bed like through my lectures. I was training throughout the day, and then my boys are coming back trying to go to this motive, and it's crazy. So, you know, it's it's yeah. First year I was like you, bro, for sure. And then once I came home, started again. I could have stayed in uni second year, but I decided to come home, and I decided to stay with my parents and start to get that sort of accountability again, which allowed me to build that habit of okay, let's take my take my meals and and take go to the gym and stuff like that. But it wasn't like that first year at all. <laughs> first year is all about, like, you think, when when I started my first year, it was a case of, right, I'm going to do my best, absolutely try my best. Yeah. And then when I found out you only need 40%, <laughs> I was like, I don't give a fuck. As long as I get 40%, I don't care what the grade it is. It's that second year. And yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I can, I can relate to that so much, man. When you speak about uni now, I fucking miss it now. It's crazy. Enjoy it. I can, all I can say is just... It just enjoy the rest of it you know final year it went my final year obviously doing dissertation stuff like that you think oh it's the end of the world but really you can still go out you can still enjoy yourself you still keep yeah. body part of your life but yeah. you just hope this stress that comes down upon you you just think it's the end of the world and you've got nothing else to do with your life but yeah man 100 oh, no, i'm glad i'm not alone man appreciate that <laughs> awesome so i i think it's it's smart to to actually go back a little bit now from where you're at now um, and go into a little bit more of your your bodybuilding sort of founding stage. Like when 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 was it that you actually started training with weights and and did prior to that did you have any sort of like sporting background? Were you competitive in any shape or form prior to to actually getting into to, to weight training? Yeah, so I mean, for, I used to play football um, and during like my sixth form years. Um, I actually was doing all right in football. So I happened to get like a football scholarship to go play for a private school. So I was in that private school and then I just kind of left. I, I, it just wasn't for me, my passion for it. It just kind of went down and um, I was kind of bouncing around through different sixth forms around that time. 
and you know in that time I wasn't active I didn't really know anything about the gym and and so I just got a little bit chubby just got a little bit chubby and that was it and so in my final sixth form uh, my sixth form college I my boys they went to uni a year ahead of me so it was literally just me um so I went to uni just a year before them a year after them sorry and in that time it was just me I just was focusing like I am now on my A-levels and then I decided to go to the gym and so I just would have time to, to go to the gym with uh, like free periods and stuff during uni um, so that was like 2018 um, and so that's when I really started picking up weights met some good f- friends at uh, the managers of the gym who really sort of helped me in terms of just getting used to well my goal was weight loss even though I wasn't massively fat um, my goal was weight loss um, like you help, like they helped me in terms of knowing to get around the gym, knowing what works, knowing what I should do, and and from there, it just it was just game over. I just loved it. Just loved lifting heavy, uh, loved just training hard, and, and 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 then it just kind of spurred into where I'm at, where I'm at now. Um, did did you find did you find like you responded very very quickly from a weight training perspective? Yeah. Like, no. That, like, comparative to your friends, did your friends look at you and think, what the hell are you doing in comparison to me? <laughs> uh, uh, honourable mention, me and my friend Rob, we, we joined the gym at the same time and, you know, uh, it was just, he stopped coming with me <laughs> after a little period of time because we were just a little bit at different stages. Um, I remember when, my, when I was training um, with the manager and he happened to load me up I was squatting a lot heavier than I was now. So I was squatting around that time, 200 key when I just started like four months after, five months after when I first just got in the gym. Um, and I think just because of, from a football stance anyway, your legs, you, you're developing your legs from that point anyway. But I was terrible at bench. I was terrible at deadlifting. Uh, but squatting was just where I kind of like progressed a bit. And, and, and Did you... Just on, on a quick note, with your leg training when you first started, because I come from a footballing background as well, yeah. did you find you have had a, like a massive imbalance between one leg? Because I was quite, I'm, I'm left-footed, so yeah. and throughout my football sort of journey, I was a lot of the time just using my left foot. I was using right, of course, but when I came to using the gym, I found that one side was just, it was, it was that's when I noticed there was a massive imbalance with what I was doing. Um, and my left leg was so more dominant compared to my right leg that even just looking at my physique, like there was an imbalance there. You could, could tell that one leg was bigger than the other. Mm. Um, Do you find the same with yourself through just football and having imbalances from playing football when it came to the gym and that affected it a little bit? Do you feel, I don't think I actually noticed because um, half the time we would do a lot of one-legged work um, so like unilateral work on, on, on my legs. So it wouldn't even be, I didn't really notice a significant difference to be fair, um, which was which was cool. But when I, now I'm looking back at it, you know, right side was a lot stronger. My, like, my right side was, my, my whole right side, so it wasn't just my legs, it was actually just my arms as well. Me just using my arms in general. I remember there was a, <laughs> there was a period of time where I was um, bicep curling 15 key. And the other hand was 12 key. And I was just like, I'm just trying to work it out just because one was so much weaker than the other. So um, I'm not too sure why, to be fair. I think, um, especially now, as I start to look at these little these little things um, and I'm researching muscle imbalances, it's like we actually do use like one side of our body more um, in some cases. So, uh, 100%. Yeah. I, I 
what I found is I'll spend, especially when I first started training and had these imbalances from football, I was trying to focus so much on pinpointing why I had that, that mm. I just needed more time. Yeah. And then eventually my physique actually just balanced out within itself. Yeah, there's obviously still imbalances, yeah. but they're not as bad as what they were before. It's just, I just needed way more time. Um, and I think to people, because I've had that question before about imbalances from just playing football because, you know, you use one leg more than the other. And I just, I tell them it's just more of a time thing. Like I find that that sort of thing just balances out and your, your weaker leg actually catches up with your stronger leg. Sure. Um, there is a connection difference, obviously. I feel like one's obviously your stronger side, you connect more uh, better, but yeah, just, just taking more time with that. So how long have you actually been training now in, in total? Um, <laughs> I've been training, what, bro? So about, it's going on nearly three years now. So about, yeah, about three years now. Ridiculous. Still insane. <laughs> and, and so my question now is, is how has your training evolved over time? So what sort of split setup did you start? Because obviously I know you mentioned you had guidance when you first started. So what sort of setup was you doing in terms of, were you doing the bro split? Because I definitely was doing the bro split and then I kind of, evolved so how has your training changed over the past like three years or so because for someone like yourself who's made only been trained three years your progress is crazy light and day crazy that that's something i'd do in 15 years you know so <laughs> how's it evolved over time man double it <laughs> um i mean i had a good um i had good people around me so they kind of set me up on push pull legs um so that was just stand it was actually chest and triceps, back and biceps, legs and shoulders together. So that was how I kind of trained um, for a while. Um, and then I went on to the bro split. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the bro split. Um, the the push-pull legs for me well, it was great. Um, but when I got into uni and I really started taking my training up a notch, I was like, okay, I've got the time. Let me put in work in, just training this body part every session. And the next session I'll come do the next body part. And that just kind of worked for me. I really liked really likes that um and then you know but again i wasn't managing all the other variables to really give a, a, a well-informed answer as to whether it is better than what i'm doing now um which is obviously just the same push ball push ball legs um so yeah from i think i came to aj what last year march and so before then i was literally just coming off uh, a one body part session um, and 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 that 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 was me. It was really enjoyable because when you're focusing all your movements, I was probably picking like four or five exercises per body part. Um, and now when when we're doing push, and I'm having I'm having to do push uh, chest and shoulders together, I was very new to it. Like even when he set me up on the program, I was like, whoa, okay. So I'm actually having to firstly bring down all the volume and miss out some of my favorite exercises. But it was, I mean, it, it works. And definitely works with where I'm at now. So yeah, for sure. Do you find there was quite a significant volume shift then from like when you were training prior to joining myself and then obviously set you up on that initial program? Was it was it a decent obviously you, you you're doing slightly more frequency in terms of the push ball legs versus a bro split across mm -hmm. the course of the week? Um, but did you find that actually intra session, like during the sessions themselves, they were a little bit lower in total volume per session? Yeah, for sure. Because I know I never really used to train with rep ranges. Okay. Uh, I used to just train with sets. Um, so I wasn't. I didn't really have like top sets or back off sets. Mm -hmm. I would just have like 
what I kind of did, they were like heavy sets and then the rest were just like volume sets, I guess. Um, and this is, these are just things that I picked up off people that I'd watched uh, or, or people that I'd followed on, on Instagram. And there was one guy who just didn't train with rep ranges. And, and then even looking at the, the old school bodybuilders, I kind of drew a lot of um, inspiration from them, especially like legs, you know, when I would watch Tom Platts, this guy just doesn't train with any rep ranges. He goes like talking about 50 reps. I mean, I wasn't doing 50 reps, but I just certainly wasn't counting my reps. And okay. that was just how I how I did things and how I need to do things around the time. So bench, I just brought a lot of endurance during my exercises. So, and so the volume of now coming down was so it made me more structured and I really enjoyed it. I loved working with a rep range. I loved actually pushing myself to get a weight within the rep ranges that you would set. Um, and I think that just works. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, I think when we have like clarity on, on like what the goal is within a set, you're mm. going into it with more intent and obviously your accuracy, you know, you don't post a huge amount of training footage on your Instagram. I mean, you don't post a huge amount on there. I know you're not a huge social media user and you have your you select social time and that's it, um, which I think is very, very smart. Um, but um, when you do post clips and when I have trained with you, the one thing that does stand out is that you do move heavyweight with really good form. You know, you, your form is, is always been really, really good ever since, you know, you started coaching, um, you know, like full depth leg presses, you know, really, really strong, like, you know, incline presses. I think one of the comments on our push day that we did together was why does David take his press to, full depth and you don't so yeah your presses have always been really clean um so yeah i think and that's something that i've definitely sort of seen in yourself is that your, your training accuracy was already there and it just really came down to making some slight manipulations in terms of just getting your volume to a point where you can start to drive up strength which i think we've really noticed yeah. Um, and showing in your look dramatically um, even recently you know you've you've made some big improvements even with home training um, from a nutrition standpoint I'll talk a little bit more about training if we've got any select questions in, in the, the later state, stage of the podcast but nutrition um, how did you like like when you started bodybuilding how did you how did you eat you know what did a daily diet look like when when you just started training um, so it was it was high protein, very high protein, low carb, uh, medium fat. So I'd probably say it was about 250, pro I remember the numbers, about 250 protein, about 150 carb, um, about 60 fat. Yes. Um, and so protein, yeah, situated throughout the day. Uh, my carb is, is, is hilarious because I'll say it, my, my carb intakes were only really in the mornings and not even around the training window. I just got hungry in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> like you can see how backwards I did things you know it was I was really only just hungry in the mornings um and then this, this is when I started to get training serious started to take training serious so when I realized okay cool I'm getting burnt out now because I'd only really take um carbs post my cardio in the mornings um and so that would just fill me up and I'll be good to go and then I remember I'd been doing this for a couple of months and I was like, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting burnt out. And I was just sitting there with my friend at the time. I was like, like 10K challenge. And we happened just to do a, a, a 10K calorie challenge. 
just stupid, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, yeah. did it. And and when I mean the next morning, it was just the best I've ever looked because my body was just soaked in <laughs> absolutely every form, every ounce of the carbohydrates that I think I've even got a picture on, on Instagram of and that was that, that was how I got into that kind of condition. So um my my nutrition it, it made me disciplined though, being on that kind of like low carb. Um, because I, I just knew that okay, no, this is this is what I know right now. It's a small amount of knowledge, but I'm just gonna adhere to it and see and learn and, and just develop from that. And so that's what I did. And so after that 10k challenge, I realized okay, carbs aren't the en- enemy, firstly, and let's just start pushing, pushing them up. So it went up to 250, went up to 300, and then just started stabilizing until I just kind of took some time off the gym. Um, because yeah, just wasn't just was going through a lot at the time so just kind of took some time off the gym and yeah just chilled and then I met you (laughs) (laughs) you should have done on your um your carb up um last year you should have depleted yourself so much leading up to it and just done 10k the night before Legit. <laughs> night before, woke up best ever. Still, still would have won by still would have won by a country mile. <laughs> yeah, do, do, I, get, I, I I have no doubt about that, you know. I have no yeah, doubt. Even <laughs> that. Uh, oh, it was good though. It was, um, it was an experience for sure. From 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 a nutrition front, like you said you had your friends obviously around you for, for training. Did uh, did you ever read like any articles on nutrition? Like a lot of obviously bodybuilders, I think with some of the first diets I read were in Flex magazine, and I started following some of those diets, and uh, you know proceeded to get extremely extremely fat off of them. Um, you know, like trying trying out Kai's diet, trying a bit of Phil's. You know, yeah, hundred percent, mate. You know, the pro- following the protein servings as well. Um, but like, where did you? Where did you learn like any of the like first nutrition bits? Was it copying a friend's diet or did you have a friend help you or whatever? Honestly, bro, when I mean I'm so new and naive to the sport, it's insane. Like, you know, when you're going into weight loss, it's all people know to talk about is low carb. Or in fact, they will talk about keto. And I think keto is just just madness. But um, I just adopted the low carb just off what I was looking for in terms of weight loss and I kind of carried that on into my weight training yeah and so I didn't I didn't really know of any bodybuilders back then I didn't really you know follow any bodybuilders back then I didn't you know know even where to look for all of these kind of things I just kind of just developed this thing by myself and and just um I kind of looked at how I was eating before and just adapted it a little bit um by considerably bringing down my carbohydrates to fit in with like the low carb. So I'd research low carb diets, I'd research that kind of thing um, from just, just like normal nutritionists, I guess. Um, and and, and but I'd always know that, okay, wait, I'm trying to build muscle, I'm trying to lose fat, you need a lot of protein. So that's where the idea of protein came from. I knew to um, the sort of amount that I needed and then my fats, I didn't want it to be too low or too high um and then these are all just things that literally i just picked up off the internet off google and i would just learn and just try and adapt it to myself um, and you've always followed um macros in terms of you know 250 protein you've not followed meal plans or anything like that that you've put together or is it just a case of macros throughout just macros throughout so with regards to 
nutrition plans. I remember when I signed up with, uh, I didn't really sign up with a coach, but I happened to get some, pay for some knowledge from a coach. And he happened to do me a sort of nutrition plan or guide. And so I just kind of picked up the food choices from there, the kind of measurements from there and stuff like that, which is interesting because it was the first time that, first time I ever saw Cocoa Pops on a, on a flipping nu- nutrition plan. And I was in, that was insane because I was just sticking to flipping, I don't know, bagel thins and, and egg, egg whites and, you know, chicken and peas or whatever it was at the time. Um, and yeah, that was me. And I think even a lot of my nutrition I'd watch from, I didn't know that they were even prepping at the time, but I'd watch a lot of prep videos, not knowing that they were prepping. Um, and that's what that like I'd see their transcripts and it, it'd say that this is what they were eating and stuff like that. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So this is what I got to do because I was really striving for that time to get into that kind of stage condition. I'd look at guys and I'd think, how the heck are you able to get yourself in that kind of condition? And I made it like my kind of goal to that was what disciplined me to sort of see how I could without any help. Or I mean, I was in uni. I wasn't going to pay for a coach at the time. Um, I was in my first year, sorry. So not that I didn't have money, I just spent all my money. So um, yeah, that was that was it, but for sure. Uh, just strictly macros. Yeah, I think from a I think from a nutrition standpoint, a lot of people start with maybe the, the wrong approach and they slowly get to where they need to be in terms of whether it's tracked with macros, whether it's a meal plan, whether it's having a coach. Seems to be that you got off to a pretty decent start in the grand scheme of things. It wasn't de- it wasn't necessarily bad. You obviously did a diet. You almost reverse dieted out of that phase by adding in carbohydrates or uh, ten thousand calorie challenge. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it seems to be you had a, a pretty pretty decent start to things. Um, I want to ask, like, when did you realize that bodybuilding was a thing? Who was the who was the first bodybuilder you ever saw? on Instagram or online or in a magazine? Like who, who was the first bodybuilder that you, you actually saw? Um, I, I, it was um, a Gymshark athlete, uh, okay. some guy called Uzoma. Okay. So he had like some freaky chest thing that I saw. Oh, the alien chest kid. Yeah. yeah, I've seen him, yeah. That was the first oh, bodybuilder yeah. I saw and he was prepping at the time and he was huge. As in like, he was like, he was so big that he was prepping from such a big, body fat percentage and so it was just interesting watching his journey um and then alongside him was Jack Fulburn and, and I'd watched him um I saw his lifestyle and I was just like what the heck <laughs> <laughs> I was like wow this is just insane um, he's a true alien mate <laughs> <Another planet. laughs> and around the time you know Jack had a had a real big bravado about him and I liked it. I really resonated with him. <laughs> so cool. Like to me, I felt like he was just such a cool person. So I just followed him. Um, and he didn't even have, like, I think he was still, I don't think he was on double digit followers at the time. He was still like, um, you could just see he loved the sport. He loved his trainers as well. And and, and he just loved the sport. And so I was just watching him um, and he just got into some crazy condition, just ridiculous condition. And I was just shocked again um but those were the two guys i looked at and i was like okay cool you guys look amazing um it'll be good to someday replicate that and and, and that was it 
when when you sent your application across to me what was what was your expectations what what was your goal like what did you truly want to achieve because from my perspective you always come across as someone that's very humble and you didn't really realize your potential until I started to actually tell you what it was so when you sent the application what what did you think was going to be the goal what did you think we were going to try and try and achieve together um it was interesting because I actually didn't even know that I had that application so that application was actually my drafts um <laughs> <laughs> and and because I think I got in contact with you, I got in contact with you like maybe a couple months prior. But you know, did, yeah, you did. I remember on Instagram first of all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got in contact with you on Instagram, and then I emailed you just to say, okay, wait, I, I have like a time frame of when I'd like to just get into some kind of good condition by it. And your response was was so good; it was so as expected. And and I was like, yeah, cool. This guy um, is serious, and this is this is his sport. Um, and so I didn't come back. I was literally just sitting in my mum's office at the time and I saw this email uh, with the details of four months ago, by the way, still there. And I was just like, oh, he ain't going to get back anyway. So I just press send, uh, legit, with no expectation, with no anything. Um, I weren't trying, I didn't have no shows in mind. I didn't have anything in mind. I just sent it. Um, and then you got back the day after with your, with, with your response. And um, I was like, oh, snap, this is for real. <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh snap and then um, it just kind of went along from there so as I saw you were saying all these things and taking it serious I was like okay cool wait laddie this is you gotta you know take it serious now because I didn't have any kind of expectation um, of it and so when we like I'd watch your video watch your feedback with you know my family and then you would say these things about potential and stuff and my mum would look at me she'd be like are you sure he's not rubbing your leg or something? Are you like, are you, are you sure? <laughs> because they they all look at me and they all know me and, and I walk around the house and it's normal. It's not anything new. So when it comes to um, all of this, I was just like, oh, okay, cool. This is this is real cool. I didn't really know how to react to, to what you were saying. Um, apart from, okay, let me just take it on the chin. This guy has really good high expectations for me. Um, and let me just run with it, and 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 that was that. So um, when even when it came around to prep, and I think we weren't even supposed to, we weren't even supposed to prep for last year. It was supposed to be for this year. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember I was actually at goals with my boys, and I was like football, um, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to. I kind of just thought to myself, I can't prep next year. I got uni. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. you sending me the voice note. Or yeah. yeah, I think it was a voice note. Yeah. I was, on, I was on a walk. I was doing steps. I was right at the end of the steps. I can remember <laughs> exactly where I was as well when I, when I replied. So I, was like, I was like, yeah, like, oh, why not? We need to start like right now. But <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> and then that's when everything clicked. So I was like, okay, cool. This is it. Like this, this, this is it. So um Call, like, even before I messaged you, I called my, my parents just to make sure that we were good, like I was good to go in terms of just to have their support, um, just letting them know what prep would be like and or what I thought prep would be like. And then I just sent you the message and that was it. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, like that, that just shows like that we didn't actually plan to prep last year at all. Like, and that from that voice note, I think I went literally back to my laptop, back to my computer and gave you the macros to start <laughs> yeah. straight away. Like that's literally how it was because we were in such a, 
a weird phase of time where we didn't know what was going to happen with shows. We didn't have any real true clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the same with Finn. I said to Finn, I was like, you know, and Connor and Mike as well, who who, who competed also. I just said to them all, like, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen here, but I'm prepping. I'm going to go through the whole process. And I think as we did it, it's sort of like a little, a little group, you know, it was a small group of us, but it was, it was solid. And um, obviously uh, I think the exact, well, pretty much the exact version of what I said in that application response happened, which is a nice, a nice reminder of, the fact that I don't just blow smoke (laughs) that's a really important thing as a coach as well is that you know when you do spot true potential um you know note it you know give it give it the praise it needs because I think a lot of the time coaches are afraid to be one end or the other like they're afraid to blow too much smoke and be that coach that like literally blows everyone's trumpet so they don't give anyone any praise so when they get a great a proposal or inquiry they don't jump on it and they don't tell the person that they have that kind of potential and then if I maybe hadn't filled you with that kind of confidence not that you need it but it kind of helped you and made you think I actually really want to go ahead and do this um if I've got this kind of potential um it's really important to sort of be honest so yeah I remember being buzzing like buzzing when we got started so um I knew I knew the potential just from just from the starting images you know just for anyone that hasn't seen David's physique, you know, the, the way the muscle sits and just the insertion points, the roundness, you, you knew that it was just going to be a, a very, very, very exciting prospect. So, and it, it continues to be that. Um, George, have you got any direction that you want to take? Should we cover the prep side of things last year? Okay. Uh, cover how well prep went. Um Obviously, I know AJ, you know a lot of it anyway, but for me and a lot of others, you know, how long, you know, talk us through the prep, talk us through, you know, how long it was in total, how much you lost, you know, did you expect to be as good as what you did? You know, what was your thoughts throughout the prep? You know, did you have any struggles? Did you have anything that improved? Just, yeah, dive into the prep. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so the prep was... Was great. I think it was about nineteen weeks in total. I think was I'm that- literally just looking at your sheets. It was yeah, just over nineteen weeks. It was twenty one for the final. It was well, it was twenty two if you count the fact that we almost made it to the BNBF finals. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> about twenty two. I think we started at about two two oh five two oh four around that mark, and I think the lowest I, I came to was about one one seven nine. I think two oh five to one yeah 180 179 yeah yeah so a, a good chunk off um and of course going in with no expectations i was very reliant on um aj's foresight um he kind of just saw things as they were um the, the, the early stages were fine you know um one thing that i was actually shocked at was just the fact that i could pick my own my own meals um so i kind of had my own meal plan um, just and stuck to it and as calories came down would adjust it slightly um, which actually to note on my next prep I'll actually would probably favour an actual meal plan um, which which I'm sure me too something something I've definitely changed my mind on over the last 12 months is meal plans for sure um, because you know my my as it, it, as it got tough, as it got tougher, it was like 
okay, I'm going to have to miss out on this meal, I'm going to have to miss out on that meal. And that just wasn't like a nice feeling to, to have. Um, yeah, because you kind of get emotionally attached to your food, don't, don't you? So um, just, just, just a quick one on that one. Um, did you get to a point where, obviously yours on macros, you started to be a little maybe, so for me, I used to start adding in like the 10 cow jellies, I started adding like the, the baking powder to the oats to expand it a little bit more. Did you get to a point where you started to, hang on, I'm, I've got these macros now. I, I might be a little bit like, I tried to fit in one day popcorn once into my diet. And I look back and I think, why the fuck did I do that? What, what did that? <laughs> did you ever get down that sort of route? Or no, was it of you were just regiment with your meals that nah. you knew work? No, no, no. If, um, you know, I'd get like low calorie ice creams, you know, like the halo tops and stuff like that. I'd snap, uh, AJ's looking at me now. <laughs> I'm just like, this is why I just like anyone with preps is just getting a fucking meal plan. <laughs> like, that's it. I can't trust anyone with macros anymore. I just can't. Oh, halo top. Mate, I was legit. I had such a massive sweet tooth during prep, like one that was just so random. Um, I got into to eating oats as well. I never really liked oats until prep. And then they all of a sudden became the best thing ever. And so I just started having them every night before bed. Um, and to be fair, I, I kind of got a lot of my inspiration from like food wise from, from your, your videos, George. Um, because I watched your, I, I watched your, yeah, actually, George ate very well during his prep. <laughs> I mean, your, your replacement of protein, you use like egg whites and stuff like that instead of just to get volume up. So it was like different. You know, I wouldn't say cheat codes, but little methods that you could sort of get the the, the volume of your food up to be a bit more um, satisfied. Um, but yeah, the most for me it was just balance. You know that that was the main thing during prep. Prep. I look back on it now, and I don't think it was easy. It wasn't easy, but it was just maintaining that sort of internal balance that would allow me to keep going with the process um, because. It was there was so much going on externally in terms of like I had a lot of free time. Firstly, I wasn't in uni, but in terms of like my relationships, in terms of you know COVID, in terms of um, just trying to monitor how I was feeling, you know, I really had to have a like balance inside of me. I really had to like just stay true and and, and kind of like just find the fire inside of me that could allow me to just go out and do each day as it came. Um, and and so it was tough because prep. It, it 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 kind of makes you bare. It makes you like so raw, like you're you're emotionally raw. Like my family saw how emotional I was. They saw how um, and bear in mind it doesn't have to be. It was just like a lot of things come out that you're like, okay, you you didn't deal with this before, so you got you're you're dealing it with it now with this sort of reduction in in in, in not just food but like mood and stuff like that. So. Um, those were the challenges I'd say just kind of maintaining growing yeah during that time those like internally growing those were like the biggest bigger challenges because you don't want to I wouldn't have entered this sport if it was something that I felt like would take away from who I was or take away from my relationships or would take away from you know who I, who I want to be as a person but the fact that I was able to just kind of turn around the challenges and make them kind of like strengths um, showed that the sport actually added to me and, and and the prep was probably one of the best experiences I went through personally um, because it, it, it made me 
very simple. It made me so simple. Oh my gosh, like <laughs> you, you, <laughs> it was ridiculous how simple it made me because especially where, you know, we were now looking, I was coming and checking in every day with AJ and, and I was just, okay, looking at what was underneath my clothes rather than going out and thinking, okay, I've got to wear this, I've got to wear that to the gym. You, you just live quite a simple lifestyle. Um, and I enjoy that. I really did enjoy that. So after prep, legit, so many things changed. Like all your clothes and stuff that you worry about, like your designers and all that, I literally just charity, just gave away because you, you just kind of don't even need it anymore because you're, you're just kind of focused on something else. You're kind of focused on what you were focused on during prep, if that makes sense. And then you kind of know what you need to focus on. So now I'm just a lot more focused because of prep. I just focus on what I need to focus on, uh, which, is, which is cool. In terms of the competition element of, of the prep itself, I know that it was a little bit different with COVID and the restrictions and the fact that the whole event was, was, was not what it normally is. Yeah. But in terms of bodybuilding, get on stage, like, did you enjoy it as much as you thought you would? Did you like the aspect of getting on stage with other people and, and, and ultimately, you know, winning a competition based sport? Um, what did you think of the day? It was fantastic. Honestly, it was a great experience. Um, you know, on the day, I was more, uh, honestly, I was just more, you know, <laughs> concerned about whether I crap myself on stage doing knocking out them poses. But apart from that, it was uh, just a great experience. If COVID wasn't there, like, I feel like it would have been, you know, a bit more of a, uh, we would have been a bit more friendly, I guess. Or it would, it would have been, been a bit more, like, close, close-knitted, especially, like, backstage. Everyone was, like, to themselves a bit apart yeah. like apart from Finn. Finn Finn's like the life of the party. When when he was backstage, he was just, you know, himself. And that made me just so calm. Yeah, um, he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> so he made it very enjoyable for sure. Um and but yeah, legit was just focused on 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 the day. And the day happened so quickly. Yeah. Like you're only on stage for like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, if that, probably yeah. less. Um, but yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm sure when, if I was to compete again, no, not if I was, when I compete again, um, and COVID is not there, it will definitely be a, a you know a great experience in terms of the community aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I only allowed one of my boys in with me, which you know was a bit of a damp, kind of dampened it a little bit. But sick day, great day, yeah. great day. And winning just kind of tops it off, you know, like the the chilling with my boys coming to see you on the day the the afters it was just it was just awesome so yeah. I think I think the UK FBA obviously did the best the best job they, they could do in the circumstances and I, I totally agree with you, you know obviously having competed in the past it's always nice to have the day like the whole day at the show yeah. you, know, you get there in the morning you, you 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 know you register with everyone everyone's excited and buzzing for it you sit in the audience you watch everyone else compete yeah, so I would have been there for you watching you on stage, and instead I was getting tanned whilst watching a live stream. You know, like it was not the same. It was not the same, but it was certainly uh, uh, a fun day, nevertheless. And then, and obviously, a great job from the UK FBA. Um, and I'm sure you'll be back on on one of their stages very, very soon. Um, outside of that, in terms of you know coming out of the show itself and, and away from the competition, obviously. 
you know, you got given guidance as to what was like the most maybe optimal way, if you want to use that silly word, or the best way to do it. Um, and, you know, you sort of had a little bit of, of, of a, an experience post-show of like how, how hard it is. And especially with, you know, but the sounds, of obviously with the food element of things that kind of helped it in terms of having a little bit more food focused through, you know, being a bit more flexible. Um, but yeah, talk us through post-show. Uh, I remember it was just like two weeks of just just unnecessary <laughs> food consumption, like legit going to bed ill, waking up, just, <laughs> just in a sore state. It was, oh, mate, it was just ridiculous. It was, don't get me wrong, like, in fact, the food choices didn't even make sense. Like, it, it was just so, just not ideal at all. Um, and and I, and I think what also didn't help was the fact that the competition got can well got cancelled the day of lockdown. Yeah, it was that was a little bit of a not that I was upset by it, but I just knew that if I was eating the way I was, I would have still still been going to the gym. I would have still so it wouldn't have been as bad. But um, yeah, so I just ate I just ate a, a ton of food, and then so two weeks gone, you just kind of you know replaced how you looked on stage completely um so you remember how much you gained by show in those two oh. weeks is it there i, I think it must have been like at least. <laughs> yes, there's, there's a lot <laughs> <laughs> at least i think i think do you know what george i don't think i even filled in my sheets on those two weeks of of hell let's call it because <laughs> I just knew that it was just a ridiculous number. I went up to like you went back to your, you, went, <laughs> you went straight back to your prep style, right? <laughs> right back to your oh, went from one seven nine to two oh four. Literally just undid oh, und, undid twenty one weeks of dieting. Weeks. Like I was like, it was insane. It was actually and I even got ill. After an age, I was oh wait, yeah, it just got ill. I wonder why sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it was um perfect reverse. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. You literally you literally reversed the entire diet in in a very short span of time. But it's it's crazy now because I'm sitting at like the heaviest I've been at two oh two oh seven this morning. Um and you know if I was 205 then two weeks after, I imagine if I just kind of like slowly build it up. And I had, you know, you know, people to look at. I looked at AJ, I looked at Kuba, I saw the way that they did their things and they were a lot stricter. They were even Finn, I mean, you know, Finn's class and the way that these guys had that sort of discipline to stay and, and, and adhere to the sort of reverse was real cool. Unfortunately, that wasn't how my first... Um, my first prep went, but these are just again, like I said, like learning learning curves to to bring on to, to the next prep. Um, and I didn't know that the the after prep is actually where the discipline actually needs to heighten so much more. Um because health wise, and these are these are the, like when when questions come in about I mean how disciplined Cuba must have been, especially for, for competing at the level he's at you know these are these are things that you have to put into perspective when you're asking yourself these kind of questions about if you want to go down that route and if you want to stay where you are and that kind of thing so again it was uh it was great to have that experience again which is i just take these things as a learning 
learning experiences and, and, and as much as I can, I'm just going to learn and then I'm going to make, make a mistake and then just develop from there into the rest. So, yeah. Sure. I feel like you've got to go through that. Um, I post-show, I had to have a, I don't know, I look back now and I think, why the fuck did I do any of that shit? But mm. on like a Saturday, I used to have, to have a cheat day. Every Saturday is cheat day, eat wherever I want. Mm. don't know why I mean, luckily well, it wasn't about it to your extent but <laughs> every Saturday cheat day and I look back and think why, why on earth am I um, why am I going to do that I don't have a clue I literally don't have a clue um, but yeah I mean you, you, like I said you have to you just have to learn that side of things and uh, you know moving forward now I'm, I'm definitely like, like you said you know you have to be I find that post show you have to be even stricter than not, not stricter but you have to hold yourself back more than you did on the actual prep because all of a sudden that goal goes and you feel a little bit lost and then you kind of look for food as a comfort. Yeah. Um, and then that's where it all starts going downhill. Um, and then trying to get out of that is quite difficult, but considering, you know, it was only two weeks. Yeah. Um, yes, you gained a fair bit, but you know, people do that for six months post-show. They just get in that sort of vicious circle of doing that. So although it was not the greatest post-show rebound, you know, you've wow. learned a lot in terms of actually identifying it what you're doing wrong and putting back and obviously having accountability of AJ, I'm sure he was knowing what you were sort of doing and saying, hang on, you need to pull back here a little bit because he's going to ruin it. Um, but yeah, I can, I can, I can understand that. So what, what's moving away from like the prep side of things? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, how's the home training now been? Because I know obviously we've been locked down since God knows how long now kind of, is it been, Optimal your home training? Is it being what what's 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 your setup like at the moment? Um so I've got um obviously barbells, I've got about two two ten key, um two hundred and ten key. So I'm working with you know a decent amount of weight right now. Um and and I've got like a pulley machine with with some dumbbells. And so it, it works, it, it definitely does. It's just way, creating ways and 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 methods to to still try and progress during the, during this time, and and honestly, it's the you know the strongest I've ever been right now, um, and I'm just really looking forward to getting back into the gym because you know I've kind of uh, I need to get more weight, <laughs> otherwise I'm just gonna um, just be during endurance now with 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 my with the weight I've got. But honestly, I'm enjoying. I, you know, I have more than the next person, I guess. So just trying ways to to progress, and you know, I can. I really can. So training's again the best it's been. You know, this week's just been a really fantastic week of training and, and just priming my body ready to get back into the gyms. That's that, that's what it's it. Yeah, I think I think like me and George talked about it sort of before you came on is the fact that you've just got to make the most of the circumstances. Like no one legit, no one is in perfect circumstances. You know, even if you do like even have a facility, that facility maybe difficult to get into that facility may be something that you need or you enjoy having other people within that environment. I've even seen James Hollingshead talk about on podcasts, how, you know, Kings Kings feels very odd without mm. anyone else in it, you know, and you're like a lone ranger, which sometimes can feel nice, but when it's for an extended period of time in a big facility, which is just empty, sometimes that feels a bit, a bit weird, a bit strange um you know and a lot of our social aspects for us as as bodybuilders you know we do have the gym as our you know tool for talking to other people in person 
you know, and that being taken away is, is quite difficult. But yeah, you're, you know, you're handling it very, very well. Um, I think a pivotal question that we definitely need to ask before we do end up sort of wrapping up this, this episode is, you know, what, what is realistically your top end goal? You know, what is your, your grand goal with bodybuilding? Where do you realistically want to see yourself ending up? And ultimately, you know, does that involve the assisted side? Um, equally, you know, I think talking about the conversation that we had on the phone at the end of your prep about what you said in terms of your decision on that front uh, would be would be insightful for for everyone as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just referring back to that conversation that we had, obviously it was nice to to hear the comments and and you know when we're talking potential wise of both routes, natural and enhanced. Um, for like up until then, I never really, it, it never really been in my view. It, it, you know, going down that route, I never knew anything about it. Um, so it was very easy just to be like, okay, I'm very ready to, to just continue pursuing my natural potential. And even as I am now, very happy to continue pursuing, pursuing my natural potential. Um, because, you know, I've never even, even really done like a, an off season. I think that's what we said, you know, I've, I haven't been in a gaining phase. So now to, to, to the expectation is where, as well when people think that you have the genetics for the sport is like, you know, as if it's going to happen, like just, just when. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure about that. I'm just really happy um, just making progress, uh, seeking to just learn and grow must as like naturally um, and just see the limit that I can get to um, and then just keep progressing like that so for now the answer is obviously staying natural just uh seeing how i can continue growing really see this see this off season through i want to really treat my off season like i did prep really manage all them variables because you know there was so many ways i could have improved that prep so many ways i could have improved my mentality mindset but you know behind the prep and so um to say that i would jump on and, and go down that route now would be very silly of me. And like I said at the beginning, I'm still very new, still very naive to the sport. It's good to have, you know, like a coach. Um, I'll even call him a mentor, a mentor like AJ, who can kind of shield you away from that kind of stuff that you don't need to hear right now. And then when the time's ready, maybe propose to you that kind of decision where we can, you know, have that kind of conversation. Um, but, you know, for now, it's... Let's keep going. Yeah. I fit I um because you're still you're still young, you're like you're still like a junior, so um I'm acting like I'm fucking 40. I'm <laughs> you know them ones people's like, oh you're so you're such a baby, but really so like a year older than me. Um you know, you've still got you've still got plenty of time, you know, you're still doing your studies, so you've still got plenty of time in natural bodybuilding. The stage is always gonna be there, all of that. So it's just time just time that's what i would say and you know you're in a fantastic spot you know you've got aj in your corner you know you've you've came off a, a good season last year winning um it's just going to get better and better i think mate i'm excited you know i'm when i when i first saw your physique actually i, can't, I, I think i was speaking to aj at the time. i think i might have been up yours aj when i first saw pictures and i was like yeah. wow okay crazy crazy so you've got the potential mate you really do um and you will go far in bodybuilding 100 percent and one thing, just by talking to you today, like like AJ said earlier, you're very humble and you're very disciplined, and you know what you want and you know what you want to achieve, and you you'll find a way of doing that regardless of what comes in your way. And you seem quite a a relaxed person, like you, 
to me, you seem like you don't stress or you don't stress about what you can't control. You seem, you just take it as it is. And for me, I, I, I really like that because I'm sometimes the complete opposite that up here just drives me crazy mm -hmm. that when I see people like yourself, I think, well, he's got, he's done that well just by doing what you've been doing. Just chill out, George, just enjoy it a little bit more because sometimes you take away from the joy match. So you're, yeah, I, I do actually look up to you a lot, David, mate, in terms of your mindset. And I've, I've learned a lot from this podcast for sure. So yeah, well, I, I, I appreciate it. I don't know where I'm going there, but I've, I've appreciated that. <laughs> some, some of the biggest people in the planet are the most relaxed. <laughs> they are the most chilled. So, and that's something that I see as a character trait within some of just the best bodybuilders around, natural, enhanced. They just seem to mitigate stress so well. Um, not that David doesn't experience stress. I'm sure you do, but you're... You are, you are, you have always struck me as someone that does just stay nice and chilled. Now I can remember even when you got bloody COVID pretty much, like, <laughs> you're just like, okay, I'm going to be stuck in my room, probably going <laughs> to do push-ups and stuff. Um, I'll keep a day with how I feel. <laughs> and that was it. Uh, so yeah it wasn't great times but you you made it work and you know just like now even with the lockdowns like you were the last person to freak out when the lockdowns got released and you just checked in you said yeah jay you know it's locked down so i'm gonna be back to the home training <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that um i think if anyone learns anything from this podcast one of the biggest things you should take home is that if you are a stressy individual you should try and just live life a little bit more relaxed um certainly helps um david i wanted to like finally touch on if you're okay talking about it a little bit um is essentially what you've been going through for the past like month and a bit um with the fasting um just a little bit of a touch on that like because i'd really like people to sort of understand like how you're still looking so incredible you're still training um but basically just talk a little bit more about a little bit on your faith and then also like how and why your days are looking like the way they look at the moment. Yeah. So, so right now, yeah, the fast is going on until 6 PM every day. So we've been, I've been fasting, uh, been fasting since, you know, around January, around January yeah. 11th, uh, till now. And so we'll probably finish about mid, mid March. Um, and it's just, you know, a way of, it's interesting because, you can kind of relate fasting to bodybuilding a little bit, you know, in, in prep, it's something that you are kind of, you can't eat um, because you have a goal. This one, there's no real goal. It's just, you know, it's a choice. Um, especially me, I'm a, I'm a Christian. So it's, it's something that I've just, it's what brings me a, that kind of like balance in terms of being able to sort of like discipline myself, really come to terms with myself. And it kind of makes you like very, sober it makes you like very like you know you, you like when i was talking about you want to focus on what you need to focus on this is like those kind of like times um and you know it's it's interesting because it, it collides with bodybuilding i mean it doesn't it shouldn't work with bodybuilding you have to eat like every three hours all the time you have to eat at like nine 12 free p but having to get all my meals in between six and 12 
it's been interesting because it's just I've been having to find methods of how to sort of still get my meals in and still food okay to go train so I'm training about you know sometimes 9pm uh, so I'll train for about an hour and a half and then or I might just train straight after I've got my first meal in at 6pm um, and so it's it's honestly I don't see it as any kind of problem these are the things that I just kind of deal with and and it's like oh, there's some things to some people that come first uh for, for me my faith is something that comes way before anything um and 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 who you see today is legit just a product of that and so who you see who you will see on stage again will just be a product of that and and, and that's just how I want to uh, just continue because a lot of people think that um this it's great to be impressive in the sport it really is great to be impressive. And one of the things that I'm actually looking towards building is, is being a bit more impactful than impressive. Um, because, you know, I feel like with the platform that each person has um, and how life is so short, you only have a few moments to make our mark. And once you find that like, your niche, your passion, go for it, man. Um, and these are just ways I'm just trying to use my hours perfectly because I don't think any person uses their hours perfectly, but... Um, I hope to at least make some of them count. And, and so hopefully in this sport, I'll be able to make some of the hours I put towards the sport count um, and outside bodybuilding as well. Um, so until then, just making attempts to progress and seeking to learn, grow spiritually, mentally, physically. And, mm. and, and that's, that, that'll be David. <laughs> that'll be David that you see. So, yeah. Is that, just quickly, is that something, the, the fasting side of things, is that something that you've been doing for years or is that something that you just started doing or? Yeah, so, I mean, it's something that I only really tapped into my faith like end of 2019. Okay. So I was, it's, it's something that's new. Um, and so it was something that I did then. And it's just something I try and incorporate as like, when I can every single year. Um, you know, I think a lot of like faith groups do it. Um, and they do it for various reasons. For me, it's just kind of like, you know, trying to really get into a, into a mental and spiritual state of learning and learning about myself, learning about my environment, learning about um, how I can progress and build. And yeah, that's that, that's me, man. I give you a lot of credit for that. I respect that a lot. I know that's one thing I noticed actually on um, your Instagram. You said about being impactful, like. I noticed that obviously you don't post every single day or sometimes even on the stories, it's not much, but when you do post and when I do see it, there's a purpose. There's I, when I generally say, and this sounds a bit weird, but when I generally actually read, I read like your posts. Um, when you, when you do post some people, are obviously you say post a flick through what they've written down, things like that. But when you generally do upload, I generally do have, uh, more of an interest because it's more impactful and I, I can I can see that and now you've obviously said that now I can sort of understand that so with what you're doing it's working and um, that's for sure because even I'm noticing that myself just looking through your content and stuff like that so yeah man I've got a lot of credit for, for doing like that just quickly have you noticed anything good or bad about doing this fast till 6pm like obviously doing that post show have you been fucking starving up to 6pm <laughs> or you're totally fine is your digestion good is it is there uh, any bad food come out of it or bad come out of it at all yeah. so like the past few weeks has been like perfect in terms of like digestion wise i know like the week before i had a couple of issues with digestion and especially trying to back when i'd fasted before it wasn't like i had a certain amount of food to get in um, oh. i'll just eat when i wanted to eat or eat and so i was you know 
I, I cannot eat and I can eat. When I can eat, I'll go without. <laughs> when I don't want to eat, I just won't eat. Yeah. Um, especially because it's a choice. I think they say the same with bodybuilding. If you, I mean, bear in mind, you prepping is a choice. So if you're choosing to abstain from food, you're choosing to select your meal timings. And for me, it's the same thing. So um, with incorporating bodybuilding with it now, it's like, okay, cool. Just trying to find ways to overcome and adapt. So, you know, my intro is full of about what? 50 to 100 grams of <laughs> highly branched cyclic dextrin and and you got you got your oat bars you got your all sorts of different things you got your protein shake so just you know i'm still gonna find ways to to, to get it in regardless um food wise and um as op- it may not have been optimal but i know as soon as we come off the fast it's go time you know it, it is go time and absolutely i'm excited i'm, I'm really really excited and yeah really excited to, to see what actually happens and and now well april to the year and then 2022 we'll probably reassess have a conversation and then see what happens so yeah. awesome i think we'll uh we'll wrap it up cool. it's been a fantastic episode yeah um and like we said already david we really appreciate you coming on Really appreciate you sharing your, your journey with us and obviously our listeners as well. Um, from a listener's perspective, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the support on the previous episodes as well. We really appreciate it. They're, they're getting some fantastic traction and we, we hope that we can just continue to deliver more of these. I was actually thinking like the other day, if we stay consistent with these all the way into the end of, or the, the period in which the gyms reopen, we'll get to like up to episode 11 or 12 um by the time the gyms are actually open so um it'll be a good chunk of episodes and uh some good content for you guys to to stay uh, up to date with uh, some bodybuilding whilst we're not in the gyms um so yeah appreciate it and uh we will chat in the next episode <laughs>